In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another live episode of In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. I am your host. Wow, folks. You know what? I always say this one's the one, but this one could be the one. I am so excited because when I do research for these podcasts um, and then immediately know that there's going to be a part two to it because there's so much interesting stuff about our guest, then I know it's going to be a good show. So this part one, I'm just going to lay it out there right out of the gate that this is going to be a two-parter, but today's the one we're going to celebrate, all right? Welcome to In the Trenches. Um, If you are listening to us on our audio platforms, uh, thank you very much, but we'd really like you to go to our YouTube official, that's Ryan Roxy official on our YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button that Vic was just describing or hitting and uh, showing. And you can uh, be part of our live chat, which is uh, happens every single Tuesday. That's the way we do it. We're on Facebook Live as well. But uh, you know what? Hit that subscribe button and we'd like to grow our channel over at YouTube. But uh, let's get into it. Yeah, it's been quite a week, you know. It's been quite a week. And you know what? Next week at this very time, uh, we will be talking about the Super Bowl because it will have already happened. Um but all that stuff is just football talk. You know what? It's all about rock and rolling here and in the trenches. And uh, today's guest proves that. Um, when I was doing the research again on our artist today, uh, she is a worthy, worthy candidate of being in the trenches because that's where she's been. But she's definitely, definitely hung in there and been in through so many experiences and so many inspiring things uh, to talk about that that's why I wanted to bring in uh, to In the Trenches one of our, an original member of one of the most successful all-female rock bands ever. I hate saying all-female rock bands and this and that because you know what? Uh, As someone once famously said, uh, saying, you play all right for a girl is like serving a compliment with a knife or something like that. I think that was something I read earlier, Um, but our guest did say that, Uh, and she's a bass player. I love bass players. You know that. You know my love and affinity for bass players. Uh, Chuck Garrick, how you doing out there? We're going to talk football next week with you, of course, but let's bring on a bass player and uh, a female uh, bass player at that from the band, all female. (laughs) God, I said it three times, right? The band is called Vixen, but the bass player and the woman, and from so many other bands and experiences, and we're going to find out all right now, is, would you please welcome to In the Trenches, Cher Ross. Hello, Cher. Welcome. Hey, Ryan Roxy, <laughs> what's happening? I don't know. I got a little tongue-tied in my introduction of you. It was a little, like, like, like Vic's going, wrap it up, dude. Bring bring her on. Bring her on, all right? <laughs> quit saying, quit saying awesome. female. It's You know what? Though I'll be honest with you, because on In, in the Trenches, we have had um, a sh- our share of females on with Orianthe. We've had uh, Cheryl Cooper. We've had um, Nita Strauss. Um, and we've had a few others. But Cher, you're our first female bassist. And um, well, welcome to the crowd. Welcome to the crowd. But uh, you're, you're one of a, a strong group of just bass players. We love having the bassists on. And <laughs> I represent. <laughs> the, now... I'm not sure if people know where we are um, broadcasting this from and everywhere. I'm all the way at the North Pole, right? So, you know, when I was uh, hyping this episode, there was snow all around and I'm in Stockholm. Then our producer's somewhere in between. He's in Arkansas, so it might be a little bit cold. It might be a little bit warm. But you, Cher, you are in uh, balmy 
Florida right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in uh, I'm in South Florida, and uh, we moved here. Bam and I moved here from Los Angeles because, believe it or not, we thought the winters in LA were too cold. <laughs> we they to are. Somewhere you know what? Warmer. That's the that's the biggest kept secret. It's, it's the biggest sort of it urban let urban myth is that LA has perfect yeah. weather all the time. No way. It's freezing in January, February. Yeah. Right. Win- winters just like started to annoy the crap out of me. So I was like, you know what? And and Van was the same. We were like, let's let's go somewhere warmer. And we kept going to the Caribbean and uh Florida called our names. That's good. That's good. Well you kept on going yeah. you play a lot of those uh rock cruises. So you, I think you yes. kind of, you know, it's just the easy gateway to get to the rock cruises from Florida anyway, right? That's <laughs> totally. where they all begin. And um, Yeah, it's just a little drive for me. Just yeah. drive to the port and off we go. Well, we lived in, I mean, we, we, we both lived in Los Angeles for a long time. Mm. We, we endured those, uh, those unseemingly cold winters. It, it's, it's not that they're <laughs> cold. It's just that the houses are not prepared for it. Yeah. They're, you know, all single That's pane it. windows. And because yeah. here in Sweden, I'm, I'm warm as hell right now here in the studio. I am like, it's like, uh, what's a good word? Tepid would be, would that be a good word? For right. Me? hot and comfortable. Um, but you know, it didn't start out there and that's where I like to start the podcast with, cause we are with Cher Ross. Um, you guys, a lot, most of you probably know her from Vixen or the down and outs, but there is a ton of other bands that, uh, we are going to talk about. I, I get to say that that line, you know, I've played in about a hundred bands in 98 you've never heard of, but you've, you've played in your share and it, and, Pardon the expression, but it, it didn't start uh, in Los Angeles. And that's where we begin our segment with new animation, if you will, because we have a uh, section of the podcast that we will begin right now called Let's Go Back to Get Forward. Hit it. <laughs> Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? <laughs> <laughs> I hyped up this animation. We are trying to up the uh, production value share in 2020. Awesome. Is that, is that okay? Well, I mean, you look at your production. You've got this. Uh, we talked about the backdrop uh, before. We we have no idea if you're in, you know, at a Grateful Dead concert or if it's. <laughs> yes. Nice. This reflects my affection for tie dye. <laughs> it is. Did you ever start, you know what, Brandon Gibbs has started his own tie-dye uh, t-shirt merch company. So maybe he'd like to know the secret of that tie-dye. That's just wow. a little inside trip That's about cool. Yeah, well, we always like have that. inside facts about Brandon Gibbs. That's what we do here at In the Trenches. But like in order to uh, get go back to get forward, it started in Minnesota for you, right? Yes, yeah. You, you grew up. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, it, you know, that question that always comes up really is like, who influenced you musically, right? Yeah. Well, who was your favorite? Yeah. Who were your favorite musicians growing up and who inspired you to pick up that bass guitar? Um, it really started with um, my mom was a musician and she had been a performer and I was actually named after her. She was performing all around the Midwest, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, wherever, Chicago, all these places. And um, her name was Sharon because she didn't like her real name. Her real name was Vera and she just hated that. So she went by Sharon and she was this um, piano player, entertainer, singer, da, da, da. And, uh, and then she 
stopped to have a family with my dad. And so my brothers were born many years before me, but um, she always carried that on. Like, you know, once you play, you can't stop, right? right? And she had six brothers and sisters who were also incredible musicians. Everybody could play at least one instrument, if not more. And then her parents, my grandparents, were also musicians. And everybody could sing, and everybody could sing harmony. So uh, it was like growing up around jam sessions all the time and thinking that was just the norm. That was just how every kid grows up and that's how it is. Well, and, I mean, if, um, you, if you think about it right now, with even with your name Cher, because it's not spelled yeah. traditionally, was it was it always right. spelled S H A R E? Or uh, it reminds me a little bohemian, a little hippish. And if you combine it with the tie dye and all the crystals and, and, <laughs> and symbols you have That's on right true. now, it seems like Cher. Yes, everybody should share. Was, was it more um, of like that growing up? Was it a little bit bohemian type? No, no, no. Okay, no. so it, it was Minnesota <laughs> Midwest. <laughs> it was straight up Midwest meat and potatoes. And my dad had a you know worked his way up in the company in a corporate job. And my mom taught piano, so she would have like fun money. And then she had a performing group and. And then I, I got to tell you the name Cher. It's not like some great, awesome thing. It was from the TV show in the 70s called The Care Bears. Okay. And I had a bunch of friends whose names were Mary, Terry, Carrie, and Larry. And so we all became Mare Bear, Care Bear, Tear Bear, Lair Bear, and Cher Bear. Cher Bear. There it is. I was Cher Bear, <laughs> which is <laughs> Some people still call me Share Bear, which is pretty funny. So yeah, there wasn't any sort of mystical thing. It wasn't anything to do with Sonny and Share, which I got my nickname before Sonny and Share were a, a thing. An actual TV show. So what, what, what yeah, came first, yeah. Sonny and Share or the Care Bears? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't. I'm not actually sure. That's a good question. I, I'll have to research because I think. I think the share thing happened. I don't know. God, I was like seven or eight or something. Yeah, we, and we it were, just stuck. We're in that same sort of uh, TV growing up, uh, watching that those seventy sitcoms and stuff. I remember yeah. my Friday night. Was your Friday night ever consisting of the Brady Bunch and the Partridge Family? And then if you, got, if you got to stay up late, late enough, it was Love American style. Okay. Yeah, and and but but then later on, it was Midnight Special. Oh, Don Kirshner's rock concert was the one for me because I grew up yes. on the West Coast. Ah. I grew up in the Bay Area. Oh, okay. And did they have Don Kirshner's rock concert where in the Midwest? I, I remember seeing it, so we must have. But for some reason, the Midnight Special was a bigger influence. And that, I mean, I, my, my life would revolve around that. You know, it's like the only chance to see music. Right. Well, did you yeah. have Yeah, any... but yeah, Brady Bunch and the Partridge Family all the way. <laughs> now... I'm I'm just curious because if we're if we're talking about that Susan Day wasn't she the bass player of the Partridge Family? I wait Susan Day who played who she, played? she was the older one who was no, no, super she, hot. She, like, yeah, she was the she was David Cassie's sister or, or, or yeah. Keith Partridge's sister. Didn't she yeah. play bass in the band? Who played bass uh, Vic in the Partridge Family? Or He's, did Danny Bonaducci play bass? I think it might have been Danny Bonaducci. You know what? Or maybe because yeah. Because I think, I actually think Susan Day, and I wish I knew her character's name right now, I think she was a keyboard player. Or was that the mom? I think she was too. Oh my God. Oh man, I don't know. We need to, on, we need to again, we I, need to go to Brandon Gibbs and ask him because basically he's yeah. patterned his career off, off of oh, the- Oh, somebody uh, just wrote Danny family. was the bassist. There I have go. a funny story about the, about the um, Danny Partridge family. Okay. Partridge gonna, family story it is. for one second. Here we go. Okay. 
fast forward Los Angeles, 1980, probably five-ish, 1985-ish. And by that time I had already kind of established myself. I was like gun for hire bass player, right? right. Um, so I had this, uh, I was like on the, the call list for this one guy. He would get all these gigs. People would come through town. They'd call this guy um, whose name I can't even remember right now. But uh, <laughs> he called me up and he says, hey, we got, we got a gig at um, Six Flags, Magic Mountain. Um, you know, probably pay like a hundred bucks or something, whatever. I don't remember. I know. And plus we gas, the, maybe, maybe we were, you get gas. Yeah. <laughs> I got gas money. Yeah. Free rides. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, we were backing up a day with childhood TV stars. Danny Bonaducci was there. Nice. And the, um, now, now somebody's got to help me out here because I can't remember her name. It wasn't Susan Day. It was the little girl who was all grown up now. The red-haired girl that played uh, the triangle? She was, yeah, she was like tambourine or triangle or something. <laughs> I remember her name. Anyway, anyway, I met those two, and they were hilarious. This is when Danny was back in his heavy cocaine phase, and he was off the rails. He was so funny. Mm-hmm. And then the chick was... I don't know. I think it must do something to you to be a childhood TV star, obviously. And she obviously. ran up to me and she, yeah, right. And she <laughs> ran up to me and she goes, what do you think? Does this look good? And her face looked like she'd had a sheet of saran wrap on it. And I'm like, um, it looks kind of okay. And I didn't know what to say. Yeah. her. Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> the tambourine and, and what she'd done was she said, I figured it out. I found the way to go on stage really hot when it's really hot like this in California it was the middle of summer and I go well what did you do and she goes I sprayed my face with Aquanet holy crap <laughs> I was like oh my I, god I did I that unintentionally though I used to do that every single gig about a half of the can right, well, you go- tried to go like that right <laughs> well I mean anyway if you think about the old Vixen videos Tracy. there was there was some we Aquanet like we did. there was some Aquanet going out in that band as well oh yeah uh, I mean oh yeah who do oh, you yeah. think Tracy that's yeah who, was. who do you think caused more of a carbon imprint uh in, in the in the world was it uh Poison or Vixen <laughs> I think it was a tie. <laughs> it might have been a tie. Yeah, and and I was, been a tie. I was a bronze yeah. medalist. I was going for the bronze because or the nice. bronzer. Nice. I'm not sure. You know what? We could sit here and talk all day about Magic Mountain because I have great stories about that. But my my Danny Bonaducci story, uh, I spilled a yeah. coke on him, and and not when he, in his in his raving cocaine days. I guess we were just doing a. Gilby Clark and I were doing one of those round table press uh, radio things that they used to have at yeah. Universal Studios where they'd set up all these radio stations and you do like, you know, 20 interviews in like, you know, a couple hours. And Danny Bonaducci was, you know, just doing his radio show. And what a great way to start, you know, an interview is like Gilby comes up and he goes, Oh man, really great to meet you. And then he gives me the Hollywood handshake and doesn't really look at me and like, you know, sort of shakes my hand. It's okay. It's all right. Because you know, I'm Gilby's guitar player and no problem. But I just go, man, it's great to meet you. And when I said, great to meet you, it hit the bottle of Coke that was on the desk and went, all over him and he just you know he was cool about it though you know was he he was all yeah, right you okay. know well let's see i you know what i'll Point try and get him in. on in the trenches and if he refuses then obviously you'll Bonnie, know bonnie ducci bonnie ducci never forgets <laughs> <laughs> i never forget so you're used to well, minnesota yeah. 
You're used to you, you're yeah, used so, to cold winters, and and I just yeah. do want to go back. I almost is an excuse yeah. to put on our animation again, but uh, <laughs> I just I know I went off on a tangent. No, yeah, that's I mean, a good tangent. Yeah. Tangents are good in the trenches. Cool. Uh, everybody yeah. in in the chat appreciate appreciates it and we appreciate you in in the uh chat if you are listening to us right now on audio uh, make your way on over to the uh ryan roxy official youtube channel if you can and hit that subscribe button thank you very much thank you very much vic yeah i can't ever get my point subscribe now oh man subscribe now well, we're gonna talk a little bit i mean there's so much to talk about the v word vixen v is for vixen but yes. there's um you met everybody you know the main crux did you guys meet in Minnesota and did you, did you, no. you, you didn't meet in Minnesota. So she, you know, no. I, I, I know that Jan had formed it earlier in, in yeah. St. Paul, but then, but then everything happened over in Los Angeles. Okay. So, yeah. so, so still in Minnesota. What, All right. We're did, still in Minnesota. We're still in Minnesota. Cold. Who's that yes. bass player that is inspiring you to say and, and for one why the bass guitar was it one of your family members right. or was it uh john taylor or nikki six it's either one of the three it's got to be a, <laughs> a family member john taylor or nikki six because nikki six and john taylor were the only ones that were ever voted into circus magazine uh top bass players for and of That's course so you know funny. getty lee was there and right. uh, but you know it was the top so of my list was always john and um nikki. yeah so uh, yeah, it was weird. You know, I like started on piano. Um, I was kind of grooming or being groomed or whatever to be a classical pianist. And I had these older brothers. So I'm sitting there playing Mozart and Beethoven and all this stuff and um, practicing for hours and hours a day, not because I had to, but because I really loved it. And then I also write my own songs on the piano, which was just a whole different exploration. And then my brothers would be like, Hey, come here, Cher, come in the room with us. And they'd play me, you know, Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones. And I started to go, wow, that's pretty cool. And um, and then, you know, I got a little bit older. By the time I was like 10 or 11, um, I kind of started to feel like piano just wasn't that cool. Or, or you know, they weren't on the, po I'm looking at Led Zeppelin, there's no piano player on that poster and I'm looking at Aerosmith and there's no piano player on the poster. So I started to kind of be aware of that. Right, right. And, um, Maybe so first, Susan think, Day is going to go on to do a law law show, you know, a show about law. Right, you know, right, yeah. You want to go more Bonaducci. I see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I don't think I want this whole classical thing. And, um, so I don't know. I think I, I, tried like a snare drum with rudiments, which I was horrible at. And then my parents got me some horrible acoustic guitar, which was just not fun. I mean, if, if you're listening to Led Zeppelin and you're like 10 or 11 years old, the last thing you want is, is some crappy acoustic, acoustic guitar, yeah, yeah. which it didn't work for me. It probably worked for you. But no. for me, I was just like, kumbaya, my Lord, that's what, this isn't working for me. No. So um, I had always, my mom and I did a lot of piano duets. And so I always gravitated towards the left hand. I was always like, let me be the bass. I want to be the bass. I would love that side. I just loved the rhythm of it and the feel of it. And then, oh, I should back up. She played bass as well. My mom played upright bass. There's the secret right there. Yep. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So she would do all that, you know, um, standards like ba-doom, boom, boom, all the walking stuff. 
Now, was it, was it a stand-up also, base that was lying around the house? Because you don't just lie a stand-up base. No, she, she went out and found one, man. She was hardcore. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she performed every week. She, you know, she couldn't go into bars anymore because it just wasn't right, you know, for somebody yeah. to do that in that era especially. So she put together this performing group and wrote all the music for everybody, and they went around and performed for free for, like, rest homes or any event, anything that would have them, they'd go and perform. So I was performing with them since I was like eight years old as well, singing and dancing and playing anything anybody would let me play. So, so the bass um, for you was more of a, I, I think it's like a passing of the torch. It is, Your 100%. Name, 100%. You know, 100%. She's, she's Sharon doesn't like the name Vera. She's Sharon. She's short. You know, yeah. your name is shortened to share. And it's like, Hey, yeah. I got this bass. I put, well, you know what? You start playing it right now. All right. Yeah. That was it. That was it. hundred percent. All, right. All right. Well, here yeah, we go. So, yeah. And, she, and, then that, and then that was it. It just kind of took off, you know, it was like, um, my first book was a book from Carol Kay. So I started learning, you know, beach boys, bass lines, and, um, Carol Kay. See, I remember Mel Bay's book of chords. That was like one of those really old school yep. things. But uh, I yep. don't know what a Carol Kay book is. Is it just, is it only for bass players or is it for guitar it's players? It's only too? for bass because she was the chick who she's still around. She played on everybody's hits. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, she's like in her, I don't know how old she is. I'm sorry, but she was part of the, was she part of the, of the hit factory was she part of that sort yes. of hit squad hit factory okay yeah okay yeah. Like you can you know anybody can go and google her she's around there's a whole documentary maybe i, I think, should just on her. <laughs> she's like like you know there's there's that period of hits where the base was either her or james jameson got it wow okay yeah well, there you he, go. she was that cat you know so i didn't even know that i just wanted a base book <laughs> you know, I didn't know who she was or anything. I was, I was the only bass book in my music store. So okay, Carol. That okay. was the one I got. You, you yeah. are the pioneer of, of bass guitar. And, uh, you know, following in your footsteps is obviously Cher Ross. Um, I was going to, 100%. I was going to give you the pioneer. Well, you know what? For rock bass players, rock, you know, rock bass players, I'd say you're a pioneer. Uh, definitely <laughs> of female rock bass players. There you, there you go. There's the Carol K books. Electric bass lines. It looks like they're e that's either could work in the early 2000s or in the 70s. It's the same font. We're all using. We're all yeah, looking for the same. Yeah, I had those would have been for me in the in the 70s. So um, oh. I don't know if those are still the same ones that are available or not. But man, yeah, that was exactly what I had. And then combined with all the piano, um, have, bass. Just made a lot of, yeah, I don't have to explain that to you. It's like, it's just very logical if you play piano. So, now, Did you ever uh, put out a course or teach anybody else to, uh, hey, there it is. Carol Kay is 85 years old. There you go. Wow. Let's, oh my God. I had no idea she was 85. Well, let's, Damn. Okay, Vic, make a phone call. Let's book Carol Kay pretty quick. Okay. <laughs> if we can. Yeah. She, that would be great. She's a businessman. She but is. Check it out. Sure. Yeah. Have you, because Carol Kay taught you, have you taught a lot of people? Have you ever put out a base course, uh, you know, any, any sort uh, of, any sort of lesson series? Cause I, cause I have, I have question. the system 12 with guitar and, uh, the system 12 guitar. I method. know I've seen it. There's a lot of people that are in the chat right now that are part of the RGA and we thank you very much for that. But, uh, just That's curious awesome. if you've ever thought about putting out one or if you have, if you have videos out already. 
Um, I've never done anything instructional on camera or in a book. I did at one time I put together um, some course ideas, uh, but I never really went and pitched it, you know, seriously or anything. But I, I used to teach at the Base Institute of Technology in Hollywood, California. Oh, yeah. and, B-I-T. Um, B-I-T. 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 You I went, I went to G-I-T. Now, did you, have, did you go to any of those schools? Did you? I didn't. Um, I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston okay. for um, the classic, you know, I went for the summer program when I was still in high school. Yeah. And then I came back to high school and um, was demoted. I was captain of my volleyball team and we were like state champions. Nice. And I was demoted because I wasn't interested anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and the coach pulled me aside and said, uh, we're going to move you over to the, uh, the B squad. Wow. And I was like, oh, and you thought it was I guess bass. All, I, I'm on bass all I did was play bass. I just didn't care. So I, that was it for me. Well, going to Being Berkeley demoted, School of Music, you know, I, yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. West Coast ragtag version of, of Berkeley School of Music was GIT or MI, if you want yeah. to call it. I mean, the only yeah. thing uh, really scholarly about uh, MI at that time was the word institute in its like, you know, it's just, it was more of a mental institute, MI, than it was a, because I, I went in oh the early God. 80s. Um, I went, I think probably around the same time I moved to Los Angeles in what, 83, 84, which is right about the time right. I think you moved there and you were just, like you said, yeah. establishing yourself as a, yeah. um, you know, as a base for hire, like you said, and, and sort yeah. of guesting and moonlighting at BIT. I'm wondering if I ever, like, if we ever cross paths in that, did you do those um, clinics in the uh, MI that was on Hollywood Boulevard in the original building? Or did you wait till it was off of Hollywood Boulevard? Cause I was, wow, that's, so I was kind of like right by the I wax remember. museum. That's when I went to school and I lived right behind the man's Chinese theater. I mean, I'm sure you've you lived on, well, you've definitely, if you've moved to Los Angeles, you played in a band, yeah. you've probably lived on either orchid orange or there's one other street that's right around there, but it's right around that man Chinese area. Did you live in deep Hollywood when you first moved there? Um, I actually didn't. I, um, I crashed with some friends who lived in, um, the West side and it's Culver city. Okay. So you were more three one Oh, you were not, you were not, I was three one Oh, I was, you were not two one three at that point. And then that was folks, that no. was before they changed the area code to whatever it That's is right. right now. But, uh, yeah, yeah there's was... more area codes now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I had like a, I had like a, an exercise mat was my bed and I just slept on the floor there. And, um, and then I just used their phone and I had a list of phone numbers of people who said, here, these are, you know, before I moved out, I asked every single person I knew, like, who can I call? Who do you know in LA? Who can I call? Who can I call? So I just went through this list and called everybody and said, hey, I'm a friend of uh, Pete from Minnesota, blah, blah, blah. I'm a bass player. Can we go out for coffee? Do you know any bands? <laughs> you know, just you were just networking. Yeah, I mean, that was, Network, yeah. that was before any social media. That's the way you did it. Totally. You, you just work the phones. And yeah. am I correct in saying that you did not know Jan or any of the other members of no. Vixen when yeah. in Minnesota? So just it was just by pure no. circumstance that you ended up congregating in Los Angeles and then 
Well, we'll get into that whole thing because again, folks, there's a lot to talk about with Vixen. Um, Again, I might, uh, might make it a part two just to keep you guys there in the chat, uh, you know, savoring every sort of tidbit of this information, but we're here with Cher Ross. I want to talk about a few other bands uh, before, because um, I'm going to kind of dedicate part two to, to Vixen, but uh, a couple of the other bands, um, that you were playing in and you have played in over the years, uh, a super group. You were really early on being in a super group uh, where a bunch of collective musicians would get together and they'd make an album. That was the band Contraband. And that right. that had uh, Richard Black on lead vocals from Shark Island, um, who I was able to go and down that YouTube rabbit hole doing the research on this uh, podcast this week. I've loved checking him out. Um, Tracy Guns on guitar, uh, Cher on uh, on bass, and you had the Blots on, of course, the Bobby Blotzer. So, and there's one name that like one of these things is not like the other. So you got you got yeah. Richard Black, you got Tracy Gunn, you got Cher Pearson, Bobby Blotzer, and you got Michael Shanker. Yes. Michael Shanker was in the band. Yeah. Uh, how did that whole thing work out, and how did it come about? Um. Well, the whole process, first, let me just say the whole process was super fun. We, of course, you know, you know what it's like, Roxy, you know, you get a bunch of of rocker musicians in the studio and you don't have a a backlog history of any junk or water, any bridges. So we just had a blast together. It was like kind of a little bit of a free for all at times. So, um, but I have to, (laughs) I have to set the record straight. The whole thing came about because we all shared a manager. Uh-huh. So we all, yeah, everybody's band had the same manager and he was launching his own record label. Okay. So as much as I'd like to say, we all got together and said, Hey, let's make a record together. It was really the, <laughs> it was about, it was about yeah. guy going, I can get 20%, 20%, 20% and I yeah. can get 20% of that too. Okay. We're yeah. a band. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Well, yeah. So, so there was no great, like, Oh, we all met and, got drunk together and decided to make a record. Uh, no, it was very calculated by the manager. Right. And then we all agreed to it and made the best of it and had a really, really good time. Um, I will say there was an awesome practical joke that we started that went on accidentally for years. And Blotzer, if you're listening... <laughs> are you going to apologize publicly? Are you going to apologize? I love this because... Again, like your Danny Bonaducci, I see your Danny Bonaducci story, and I try to raise it. I have a blot right. story as well, and if this oh, has to do with if oh, this, we all have a blot, Bobby Blotzer story. But folks, yeah, uh, start getting your screenshots ready because this might be our soundbite of the week. Um, so, what is your Bobby Blot story, Bobby Blotzer story? Okay, so, so as anybody knows, if you know Blotz, he's a little bit on the, you know, dudes are dudes and chicks are chicks, and I'm a macho guy kind of guy. <laughs> Okay. Right? Am I right? Yeah, except for the cap that he wears. Bobby Blotzer and the magic cap that he had on that I used to, that was my little practical joke with him when we went on. Yeah, but that's another story. Continue, okay. please. Okay. All right. So so I had already, you know, definitely cottoned on that uh, 
that was, you know, he was very macho and all that, you know, and he, he would just be like, damn, I can't believe you can play bass like that. And I was just like, oh, dude, really? <laughs> serving, you, you know? serving, you, ser- serving you compliments with a knife. I love that comment. Yeah, that he uh, yeah so it's like, okay, well, I can't believe you can play drums and you have a dick. Wow, that's so amazing. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, I digress into a little bit of humor. But um, so one morning I knew um, I got to the studio before him and I had made a little stop on the way. And that stop uh, gave me a stack of porno mags for dudes, but with dudes, like yeah, yeah, really dude. hot gay dudes. Playgirl, but so, like, like, like way more Seven Eleven style, but, the kind that are all wrapped up in plastic and they don't. Yeah, I know those kind. Yeah, so so it's all these sexy dudes with their schlongs out. Yeah. And so I went through them and I cut them. I cut the pictures out, sexy guys with his, you know, big old long dicks and everything. Yeah. And I, I cut them all out and I wrote to Bobby, thanks for last night and all these messages and put them all. <laughs> oh, there is, there is the blots. I love you, blots. I put them all over his drums, put them in the drum cases. Yeah. And then I just went and sat in the control room and waited for him to walk in. Now, did he ever know it was you? Oh, yeah. he Eventually he did. Okay. I mean, he, you know, he walked in and he's all like, you know, all right, what's happening? What's happening, everybody? Everybody good? Oh, all right, Blots is here. Blots is here. And he goes, he sits down at his drums and he's just like, what the? <laughs> Oh my, and he just like throws the drumsticks, jumps out of his drum seat, and he's just like, it won't touch anything. You know, it was great. Right, it was so hot. And he's like, payback, bitch, payback, you know. Well, there and you go. Uh, it carried on because his roadie packed up all these pictures, right? But what his roadie didn't tell him was that he shoved them into a drum case, a road case. That would go on so the there road. Was, and it, it was some point later forever. on. Yeah. I get this text from or phone call, probably back then. I got a phone call from him going, your You're not gonna off. believe this. <laughs> Maybe <you're- laughs> he's like, You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> so it happened. It was great. Good was for great. you. Good for you. Yeah, and, and good for blots. Blot you know, I think it was a growing experience for blots, literally. Pardon the expression. But you knew that it wasn't, you know, it couldn't have been Michael Shanker because he's a little bit too German and proper, you know. Oh yeah. I would not put the dicks on the no, no, drums. No. It would mess yeah. with the tone of the acoustic sound. Oh my god. I do a terrible German yeah. accent to my folks. That's really like, bad. That's really bad. No. And yeah. everything's canceled now. I'll get canceled because Roxy did a German bad impersonation of Michael Shanker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Shanker used to, we'd be at, we did a whole promo tour, me and Shanker and Richard Black. We went like literally, we circumvented the whole globe. Aren't those just fun? talking about contraband. They were, they were actually really fun. You don't have to play. You're just like partying No, you just party, right? You just party. Yeah, it's just like, wow. The, the first time I went on a promo tour, I think I've yeah. gained about 10 pounds and, totally. and, lear- and learned what a starter was and a main course yeah. and a z- dessert. See, I, before it was always like, well, just give me whatever I can get. But then I was yeah. like, yeah, order, order off the menu. And it was like, <laughs> yes. I remember, I remember yes. they go, get the most expensive thing. It'll help me with my, with my budget. I got to fill the quota. That was the, that was the line from the record companies. Got to fill the quota. 
right? Oh, the quota. That's yeah. insane. So I would always look. That's insane. A lot of surf and turf on that one, man. I'll tell you. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing I remember was like the breakfast on those promo tours. At one point I was like, what, well, what, what am I allowed to order from room service? And they were like, you can get anything. And I, one day I just went nuts. And I think I ordered every single thing on the breakfast menu just because I could. Shit. And it was in Europe. So it, it was just so amazing. Oh, my God. It was so fun. Damn but, yeah, I, I, I had to teach Schenker how to say water. I remember that. Vata? Because he, he, yeah, he was like, <laughs> can I get some vata? Aqua? <laughs> and they go, excuse me, sir, what do you want? And I said, you have to say Water. Water. <laughs> Well, going, you know what? A, a, water. A German turned me on to sushi. I was in. I and and, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, Herman from the a bassist, another bassist that we love. Bassists here on in the trenches. Herman uh, was the first time I ever had sushi. Was when uh, in 1996. I was well. Yeah. 31 years old and uh, the first time I ever had it. I think my kids had sushi when they were like basically, you know, out of the womb. You know, the first thing they were was a California roll. But there you go. I was a a late bloomer when it comes to to sushi, but all the other stuff. Nope. Well, what was was your Blotzer story? I didn't get to hear you. Oh, it was a a Blotzer in the magic cap. I would, um, (laughs) he was wearing this magic cap I, I used to call it Bobby Blotzer and the Magic Cap. It was the All Star Rock City All Star Angels something. You know, insert yeah. adjective or in yeah. there. And it was one of those Rock City Angel type of packages. And it was myself, John Karabi, um, who played bass, um, bassist of Rat, and boom, 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 boom. That wasn't one. No. After no. one. Um, all you bass players know each other. Come on, come on. Oh, man. Come, come on. on. Somebody in the chat, help me out. Like help me out. All right. Boom, boom, boom. That's all right. I, and it's really bad when I impersonate bass. If you're listening to us on audio, uh, you really have to get onto <laughs> our YouTube official channel so you can see the pure audacity of me trying to play bass. But yeah, uh, Bobby would be behind Bobby the... Bobby Blotzer would be behind the drums. And I do have to get him on in the trenches because um, yeah. we, we would have this playful like screaming match pretty much night after night with each other because it was only this one little run that we did. And so it got to the point where I would just keep on, you know, going after, I didn't have anything to go after him with his playing because his playing was really great, but it was that hat. So I had to go after, I saw the hat every single night. I said, take that hat, take that magic hat. That hat is not magic for you. It's not magic. And he's like, no, I have to have it on. I have to have it on. So for that one period, I don't think he has it anymore. Oh my God. Maybe he's done. No, I don't don't think he does. You, you, you impacted him. We're moving on from contraband. We are. We're going to, we're going to actually move on because I mean, I've like, again, folks, this is a two-parter and maybe it's, it's a little bit of my fault because uh, we've just been spending half the episode talking about the Partridge family and uh, bad Michael Shanker impersonations, but, but your spectrum of the type of uh, bands that you've been in has been all over uh, the map and I love it. And and like I said, we're going to get to Vixen real soon uh, because that's where, um, a lot of people know you and, and huge, huge songs. Uh, great, yeah. I would say, you know, hard rock, pop meets, you know, just pure, I don't know, it's arena rock, but uh, yeah, 
I don't know how to describe it other than just really great yeah. things. It makes you feel good to listen to Vixen. But there's also other bands that you played in other styles of music that make me that make me feel good when I listen to it. And if you have one takeaway today, folks, from this part one that we are experiencing with Cher Ross, bass player um, of Vixen and the Down and Outs and uh, so much more, it'll be this one. The band you played in um, and formed with your husband uh, called Bubble. And uh, we talked about there was a, there's an incarnation earlier that you actually put a post up today. And I said, we're going to talk about that band as well. But this band Bubble was an indie rock band. And um, there was a song, folks, and hopefully Vic can put up this link or, or somebody, or he can put it into the chat, folks, for you to uh, see it. Because um, the song is called Sparkle Star. And I listened to it, and it was such a well-crafted, amazing track that I felt like, what the hell haven't I, why isn't this one of those classics? So I want to hear the story about the band, and I want to hear the story about Bubble now. Wow. Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you. First of all, that's a huge compliment coming from you, Ryan Roxy, who we were playing Dad's Porno Mag this morning. Oh, thank you very much. I love it. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And uh, Bam and I totally remember, and we think we did some bubble gigs with Dan's Porno Mag, or at least, or we were around at the same time. Anyway, I think we might I digress, have. but I think we might have. Um, the smell of the finger. Smell my finger. That was our ballad. Smell that. I love that one. I love that song. <laughs> love that song. It's a love um, song. Anyways, it's so, a love song. Come on. Bobby Blotzer gave song. me all the inspiration for it. It's a great song. And uh, so, so, yeah, so Bubble started because... We, uh, let's see. So we'd been, we'd actually had another band called Subcool and I had been the bass player on that. And we'd had a guitar player, Colin, who was from England. And then Colin had to, something happened with, you know, immigration visas, whatever. Anyway, so he had to go back to England and we got another guitar player, Alex Kane, who we have a very long history with our friend, Alex. Love Alex and Kane. I Alex really Kane, the, gr- the great Alex Kane from LSD, yeah. Life, Sex, and Death. LSD, the yeah. one and only, the one and only. And so so Alex joined us for a little bit with Subcool, and then Subcool just kind of, I don't know, it just, you just, sometimes you just know when it's not clicking, right? So mm-hmm. so we decided just, let's just forget that. And um, and then, so, so a bubble happened because we were sitting around, and um, we had we had been writing a lot of the songs, but I had never played guitar live. And uh, Joe Dog from the Dogs to More had given us a wedding gift of a Telecaster, and we had changed the tuning to five-string open G tuning like Keith Richards, yeah. which to me, yeah, just, just made it all a lot All you need is easier. one finger, and you just put one it, finger. And you put it on the fretboard, yeah. and you got a chord, and you can go all the you way can, over the you place. You can rock out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then you can figure out the you know the variations of minors and all this other stuff. So and we should um, preface player, this. Like, we should we should preface this with with Joe being from the Dogs Demore. Your yes. husband Bam Nominal. also played with Dogs Demore. As, yes. As well as you have played with Dogs Demore. So, so and toured with Alice Cooper. And, My how the circle goes. Well, and you know what. Electric Angels, the band that I was in way back when in New York City, we got our record you deal. Opened up. We opened up for Dogs to More. So that was how we got our record deal on Atlantic. So I guess all roads lead back to Dogs to More. 
That's so, so, how, weird, so, right? <laughs> so Bubble, you have this indie band going, and then how did that song right. come about, Sparkle Star? So, well, it it I mean, it basically started like um, we be, we became the house band at Goldfingers, and that's actually one of the, probably the fourth lineup of Bubble. That's our second album on the screen, Total Harmonic Distortion. The pink one that you had, how about this, was the first album, and that was a supergroup. So that was, um, it started off with just me and Bam. Before the White Stripes, we were a two-piece because we just didn't know any better. That's cool. And then, I know, we were just like, whatever, let's just go on stage. And um, and so then we roped in Brent Muscat on guitar from Faster Pussycat. The teddy bear and we of roped rock. In, yes. <laughs> and we roped in Eric Stacy, the bass player of Faster Pussycat, on, on bass as well. Yes. Not the teddy and, bear of um, rock. Okay. Definitely not the teddy bear. <laughs> um, so, and so that band was, we were kind of rolling along and, um, and there's a yet another version, but uh, still definitely bubble. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. That was probably with Brian on bass. That's and um, at least put, take in a lot of air. <laughs> Jump as high as you can. You know? Folks, if, you're so, not, um, if you're not seeing this on the YouTube uh, official channel, uh, I suggest you get there because you get a lot of cool bang for your buck with the photos that uh, Vic is finding off the internet right now. Thank you, Vic Shelf, yes, our producer. Yes, but, um, so cool. So we're getting, we're talking a little so, bit of bubble. We're talking all things Share Ross today, which uh, is going to turn turn into a two parter because we haven't oh even God. gotten, I haven't even gotten to the down and outs. I'm like working my way through, but guess what folks time is rolling and i want to get to vixen real That's soon <laughs> i know we will so so wrapping wrapping into sparkle star the song came about because um we were in the middle of writing songs in new york for jesse camp there's that was, that's the tie-in because jesse that's camp, the tie-in. yeah there's the tie-in so, with so jesse it, camp and the eighth street kids the A Street Kids, another album. So we wrote all those songs, and that was actually not quite Bubble. That was Bam and me and Alex Kane and Joe Dog, once again from the Dogs Tomorrow. Um, all the roads lead back to the Dogs Tomorrow. <laughs> so there we are in New York, and we're writing all these songs, and we're waiting for Jesse one day, and, and I just picked up a guitar in the room with my open G tuning thing, and I started to play these chords. And Bam ran, came over to me. He was like, what is that? And I was like, I, I don't know, but I kind of like it. And, um, and I started working on it. And then I just, I started singing. And, and then I looked at him. And I was like, this one's going to be for us. We're, we're not sharing no, we're this We're not giving song. this one to Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> we're not giving this one to Jesse. <laughs> and so, um, so we just kind of kept it under our hat. And then when we finished the whole Jesse Cap, Camp album, we um, flew back to L.A., and started working on putting together our own recording studio. And then we recorded that first album and uh, we recorded Sparkle Star. Played, um, basically, it's when I hear it now, like I can kind of analyze it a little bit more. Like the guitar part is really more of a piano part that yeah. I played on guitar. And so I, I think it just was from all those years of playing piano, you know, it just came it out. It has of- a Lennon-esque vibe to it. Yes. It has a uh, Beatles, yeah. uh, but the, just the whole structure of it. Like folks, again, um, if hopefully Vic's put that uh, link up there or Federock has put that in there, uh, Federica, somewhere around there, we'll get that link in there. You can check out the song um, Sparkle Star and you'll check it out um, after and the it, podcast. Yes. Yeah, because the song ended up having a little bit of a life of its own, which um, was really interesting and, and one of those funny things. We had a lot of... Um, sort of disbelief that anything could ever happen for us or something. Right. And I, I'm sure you relate to that because when you're in a thousand bands, you just think, oh, well, whatever. Nothing yeah, will happen. Here we go again. Either. Yeah. Here we go again. You know, I'm <laughs> in another band. 
Yeah. So, um, so we decided we, we had, we had applied for and gotten a credit card in the name of the band for the band bank account. And we couldn't believe that we had this credit card. And there was a contest called the John Lennon songwriting contest. And uh, we were like, wow, let's, let's try out the credit card and see if it actually works. And maybe we'll win like a few bucks, blah, blah, blah. So we entered one song and one song only, and that was Sparkle Star. I love it. And um, yeah, crazy. And so we're, we're, and now we're, we're off in England and we're getting drunk every night and playing clubs that don't have toilet papers in the bathrooms and just, you know, all these So basically just Mike playing clubs. <laughs> yeah, Mike stands taped together, you know, and there's mold in the dressing room. You're like, it's yeah, the European club on. tour. That's like every That's European it. club That's tour it. that I've been on. Awesome. And so um, we get this, I, randomly, somehow somebody found a phone number and they get a hold of us and they get us on the phone. They're like, hey, this is uh, blah, blah, blah with a John Lennon songwriting contest and we need somebody to resend your song because part of it's like dropping out or something. And you know, this is long before, you know, some easy way to send yeah, I can't, an internet. You can't so I email somebody, it at that point. Yeah. No, no, there was no way to email it. I had to call somebody in Los Angeles to send a cassette tape or I don't know. It was insane. And then, um, so then I'm like, okay, well maybe that means we even have a shot. So then the months roll by and then we finally get back home. And first we get a phone call that says you've won the rock category. And nice. then all the categories, rock, pop, country, disco, I don't know what categories they even have. They all, they all go up against each other. Right. Then you have the, you know, the Elton John and the, all these super duper big people sit down and listen to these 10 or 12 winners. And then they vote on who they think is the song of the year or yeah, song of the year. Yeah. And um, you got it. And so we got this phone call at like seven in the morning and we lived in an auto mechanics garage that we, cause we're cheap, right? And we're poor. <laughs> <laughs> and you need car, if you need car work done, it's, it's right there. <laughs> it's, it was 400 bucks a month, right? It's like, who gets to rent for 400 bucks a month? So BAM had built us a platform bed. So we're up in the platform bed and we get this phone call at seven in the morning. It says, Hey, Cher, this is Brian from the John Lennon songwriting contest. You've won. And I went, yeah, right. Fuck off. Who is this? And I hung up and threw the phone down. <laughs> Nice. They, 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 that, that means you immediately got signed. Then I have to sign this. I, she just hung oh up on God. me. We have to sign it. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. I know. And then of course he called, he called back and you know, I think I fell out of the bed cause you were supposed to cl crawl down the ladder, but I think I fell out and he so called won back. The whole and thing. Then, and we won the whole thing. We won yeah. all this money and it was bought a keyboard from it and got paid know, off blah, the blah, credit blah, card, <laughs> paid off that credit card right away. Yeah. And then, and it, then that song, Totally unrelated, ended up in a movie. With Daryl Hannah, right? With Daryl Hannah, yeah, dancing at the Blue Iguana. So that those two things came about completely unrelated to each other, but so proud of that, so, so proud. And, and as for the song structure, which you mentioned, to me, that was like based on, because I was a jazzer for so long, and so a lot of jazz structure is A-A-B-A, -A -A, like Misty or Fly Me to the Moon. Right. There's no chorus per se. It's just an AABA structure. And so that was just sort of naturally just something that happened. 
Do you think people have song structure in today's world when they're writing songs? I, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't see know. song structure in the know. same way, if, if you will, like a vixen song or like the or like you know the bubble song or any of the songs that you've recorded on the last down and outs record. It seems to me like new scores, yeah. like it's it's a much different sort of approach. But maybe it will go back. Maybe going back to old song structure will actually be the new thing at one point. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't know either. I, I don't know. And I mean, I'm always amazed when I hear people saying that, you know, rock is dead, rock is dead, and there's no rock on, you know, no new rock or whatever. But then everybody I talk to, like every, anybody who manages or owns a guitar center or school of rock, guitars are literally flying Fine. out the doors. They can't keep them in. Yeah, it's the easiest thing to uh, sort of transport anywhere and to sort of have in your apartment. It's not so easy to just, yeah, I'll take the piano down to the beach or whatever. So I think, and to be honest with you, I feel that new ways of teaching, um, the guitar is easier to learn. And you have that thing called YouTube with all the tools yeah. that so many people are using that, you know, whether you can slow the the actual uh, track down with the same pitch, that, that helps that helps you a thousand percent and um yeah, yeah i'm glad to see that that you're doing your your part in uh you know sort of keeping guitar and stringed instruments alive in the world of rock and it isn't dying that's why we have this podcast to be honest with you exactly it's you know? so not dying and, i think that's just the gatekeepers that's just what they say well that's why we are going to have a part two because honestly folks i'm going to talk about down and outs i'm going to mention down and outs uh with share ross because share does currently play in the down and outs, um, and they just put out their, um, it was a, a band originally covering bands that sort of related to Mott the Hoople. And of course it features Joe Elliott, uh, from Def Leppard. You got Guy Griffin, um, you got Phil Martini, Keith, another choir boy who you've been in the choir boys as well, but that's a picture of the down and outs. I'm going to really quickly just give you guys some some love because uh, the new album that you put up with uh, with the down and outs is is out. It's a um, it's sort of a it, it's the one that this is how we roll. Right. And it was released in yes. 2019. Um, I'm going to talk about that more in part two uh, of our share Ross sort of experience because I do want to get to Vixen and, and it is time to sort of halfway through, we're yeah. going to take a, a little tiny break because we got something special coming up. Uh, of course we have uh, let the people speak segment coming up, but uh, right now, Vic, if I can ask you to uh, roll our sort of commercial that we do in between um, part one and part two of our in the trenches podcast um, this week, I'm not sure what we're actually talking about. What am I hyping? What am I sort of um, uh, pimping out? Maybe I'm even pimping out myself i'm not sure it's going to be a mystery commercial vic run it let's see <laughs> hello folks ryan roxy here i know i know you hear me talking for free on these live streams week after week why would you ever want to pay for it but what if you really wanted something personal for some sort of special occasion and i was the only guy to do it that's where sites like cameo and nemo come into play feel free to check out some of the examples on either the Cameo or Nemo sites, as well as our own store that we have set up at ryanroxy.com slash store. Whether you want some guitar playing, life advice, or just make you feel good to hear me babble on and on about your birthday, anniversary, or newest achievement, check out the links below or in the description and see how rewarding it feels to pay for the sound of my voice instead of hearing it for free. Speaking of babbling, let's get on with the show.
So there I was. I was babbling about myself. <laughs> well, here we are with Cher Ross. More to more babble. I mean, I'm just curious, Cher. Do you, do you have um, a cameo or memo or any of those sort of shout out? Uh, are you part of that at all? I forgot about that. Actually, I do have a cameo. <laughs> I never been that. I'm terrible. You got um, a I do have a cameo. Are you on cameo? I am on Cameo. I actually, uh, I completely ripped off Satchel's a song because Satchel, he cleans up on that thing. I think he does pretty wow. well on it. So I, I looked at his profile and I heard the song that he plays. So I took the same chords and I just put my own lyrics to it. And I said, yeah, I'm going to rip off Satchel's song because if Satchel can do it, if Satchel can do it, so can you. That's sort of my. I'm gonna I'm gonna go check it out. I'm gonna rip you guys both off. Please do. I'd love to hear that same song on bass. It would be amazing. I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna do. It. Or I'll play it on guitar. Or guitar. Here we go. There's Carol Kay. Look there at her. You man. Go. Yeah, she's she's a monster player. I love the way Vic puts up a picture of Carol Kay we talked about in the first ten minutes. Like, like that was like a million That's subjects great. ago. But he's like, oh, I got right? it. Aren't you proud? Oh, you know what? He also told um, me to check out the private chat. Okay. Oh. There he is. He did oh, okay. add that link to the the bubble song, and he checked, oh, and, cool. and so it is there. Um, Sparkle Star. But you know what? We've talked about all these bands so far, but the main event. Do we have any um, sort of uh, animation for the main event, Vic? No, no, we don't have it. So, but you know what? We did have that animation for you. Got to go back to get forward. But now it's time for the main event, and this is where we have a section called. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about Vixen. And I feel that, you know, it's bigger, Vixen, to talk about Vixen, I think it should be bigger than just me and you, you know, it should probably be a job for maybe, you know, maybe three people. And, and of course, that person coming on with us today is our special birthday guest. Will you please welcome in the Woo! trenches, Miss Britt Lightning. Come on, baby. Hello. Happy Brit? birthday, Britt. Oh, there it is, God. folks. Thank you so much. Cher, you look so pretty. I haven't seen you in so long. And you too, Ryan. Very Thank pretty. You very much. I, I miss your face, Britt. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Britt Lightning, guitarist of Vixen right now, and uh, Cher Ross, bassist of Vixen. And uh, this is all things Vixen, folks, because uh, right now it is time for our section because I figured you guys would be great on it. It would be time for Let the People Speak. Vic, hit that. Oh. <laughs> Well, again, never get the feeling you've been cheated. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We lost everybody. But uh, maybe they'll come back unless I'm just losing it on my uh, on my screen. Vic, give me a thumbs up if you see everybody. Okay, everybody's on. Um, Folks, we have Cher Ross and Britt Lightning, uh, current members of the band Vixen. And, um, of course, we are going to be talking about... um, questions that came from you in Let the People Speak. That's the reason why we call it Let the People Speak. I figured you guys would be good for questions like this because we could ask both of you. Um, Britt, it is your birthday, so right out of the gate, happy birthday. Thank you. It's good. And you are coming to us definitely at a place that has lots of cool guitars. Those look like real real guitars, unlike mine. But uh, where, <laughs> where, where are you coming from? 
I am coming from my place in Los Angeles right now. Well, thank you for waking up on your birthday to be on this podcast. It's great. My pleasure. Very, very cool. So our first question from Let the People Speak comes from at perhaps an artist. And this would be going for uh, both of you. You each can answer it. Uh, sh- uh, we'll let the birthday girl go first. Um, uh, Britt, what is your favorite song to play live? Ooh, you know, I, this is what probably everybody thinks, but I have to say Edge of a Broken Heart is always so fun because everybody sings along and everybody's just dancing. And um, and I, so I like that. I really like to play Love Made Me too, because I love when we kick it off with the acapella harmonies in the beginning. So that's a lot of fun. And um, and I like when we first start out and we kind of, we usually start the show sometimes with Rev It Up and that's always like a fun one to get things going and warmed up. That's amazing. So I know that you sent and now share. Is this a, a little bit of a surprise for you, right? That uh, Brit is coming on, or did she did she let the cat out of the bag? No, I didn't. She did not no. let the cat out of the bag. All right, good, good. <laughs> not at all. And I was already sitting here going, "How am I going to say it's Brit's birthday? How am I going to mention it's Brit's? I have to bring this up. We have to make a thing out of this." No, it, it's. I'm so happy. <laughs> That's awesome. And people always ask me if she's my little sister, but. She's my unicorn sister. She's not my actual sister. I feel like we're sisters, though. We kind of act like sisters sometimes. We do. (laughs) (laughs) We have fake fights at soundcheck with Foley on the mic. Mm. We do. We do. Yeah. What is your favorite song, Cher, to play live in a Vixen show or a Um, Down and Out show or a bubble show, whatever show, what, what are your favorite songs to play live? <laughs> favorite songs to play live. Okay. Well, for, for Vixen, um, probably rev it up is still one of my favorites. It just, there's just something about the way that one kicks in and, and builds throughout the whole song. I really enjoy it. Um, and there's some different parts and stuff and there's some freedom to kind of go a little, you know, bass playery stuff at the end. So it's really fun. And, um, uh, let's see. I, I also, I mean, I have to say, I do enjoy, we, we do, um, humble pie. I don't need no doctor. And I sing on that. And Britt and I always have this little showdown in the middle, which we have a, we have various amounts of fun on depending on where we're playing. Sometimes I think one time I got stuck and I felt like spinal tap. Bah, 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 bah. It had to happen. Didn't it, Roxy? Yes, it did. The spinal tap mansion had to be there. I was like, I need a roadie. Get me up. There is, um, there is no in the trenches episode that doesn't go without a spinal tap reference or name drop at one point. Definitely, definitely. Um, for the down and outs, we haven't uh, toured the the new album, uh, but for the old stuff, my favorite one was Storm I, again because it was just bass frenzy, you know. And that is on like a live DVD, or anybody can search for that on YouTube as well. Like, there's a official, like, really nice recording of that. Yep. And then for Bubble, it was um, probably Sparkle Star. That was just. Man, that was amazing to play live. Love it. Yeah. Well, I was I tr- I was going to get uh, Griff as well, Gr- Guy Griffin, to come oh on God, and surprise you. And but but you know what? I I figured while I'm doing this, we have Britt here. I'm gonna just s- keep it in my skull because part two with Cher Ross. You know, when we do when you come on in the trenches again, um, I'll focus a little bit more on uh, that down and outs as well because that and new it, album. It was Griff. Cool. It was his birthday yesterday. There it is. All right. Well, maybe yeah. maybe next year at this time we'll do it exact same week. We'll just do a year anniversary. <laughs> but you know what? Hopefully, sometime Perfect. in 2021, uh, we will move on to our next question. Um, at Jackie Cow underscore two says, "Do you play other instruments?" Share. Will you go with you first? I think 
you've answered that question a little bit. You do play a lot of different instruments. List all the names yeah. of all the instruments that you do play. Um, obviously I play bass. Um, and within bass, I, I only play a four string bass and then I also play fretless bass, um, play piano, obviously. Um, I can play guitar. I, oh, somebody's phone is ringing. Um, I play guitar. I can play. Was that you, Britster? I was calling to wish you happy birthday. Oh, she's got, her um, phone's going to go blow off the hook. I can, I can play drums, but I don't consider myself a drummer, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. that way as so. well. You know, I, 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 yeah. I, I started on drums, but I can't do what Glenn Sobel does. I just can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't can't think do what can. Roxy does. No. I, I can't do what Bam does. Bam swears on this next Twin Flames radio. He's gonna. There's a couple songs where like I'll I'll play drums and he plays guitar and he goes, "We're gonna record you doing that." And I'm like, "Well, you're gonna have to loop it because I can't I can't last through a whole song with the same intensity." Yeah. Oh my god, you guys have images for everything. No, um, that's Vic all right, Shell so song. yeah, that Vic, he's on it. All right, Britt, it's Brit, your turn. Uh, we, we, we can tell that you play guitar. We can definitely yeah. tell you, you play guitar in Baggy View. You have some of the best ones um, uh, displayed right now. What Do you play anything else? I play the flute. So next Vixen album, flute solo. <laughs> wait, wait. I know more. What? You play. Oh, oh. oh Tennis? Yeah. Ping yeah, pong? No, well, sort of, but <laughs> the chimes. I play the chimes like you've never heard before. And you can and, and it's recorded. Acoustic version of um Edge of a Broken Heart. Yep. Yes. At Michael Wagner's studio. Yeah, wow. that was my like big debut. And I just realized yeah. hidden talent I never knew I had. And so yeah. I'm really gonna focus on pursuing it more this Would year. Would you consider yourself yeah, I'm, I'm a saying, rhythm wind chime or lead wind chime? Oh, everything. I mean I tried yeah. it and I realized I could just do it all. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, I didn't know you played fretless bass, by the way. I didn't know that about you. See, I'm learning. How things. did you not know that? Well, I play, that's all I play. In fact, I, there's a fretless bass on the first Vixen album. Don't ask me to name which song it was because I don't remember. But I insisted on it being there. I was like, I must play my fretless. You know, it was so oh my God, let's very studious. Out. Let's bust it out. I love the yeah. fact that Brits, you're learning with us. You're learning yeah, more yeah, stuff about your band it. member. It's, it's bring a band member to the In the Trenches podcast day. Today. I love it. That's what it I is. Love it. <laughs> well, I don't think I knew that Brit played flute. Oh, yeah. That's what I started on. I was actually okay. like, when I really was good at reading music and everything, and I joined like the wind ensemble and the jazz ensemble, and I was really into all that stuff with the flute. And then... And then I decided Eruption sounds way cooler on guitar because I heard that and I got hooked on Eddie Van Halen. So then I was like, all right, trash the flute, pick up the electric. Yeah. I just got yeah. sent. What, what about I just, you, Roxy? I, have, I, I played, I, I, I started on trumpet and that really lasted about a week. It didn't, oh. it didn't, it didn't go so well. There was no real wow. spandex and a trumpet didn't really, unless you were in cool oh. in the gang, didn't really work. <laughs> You know, but I, some, wow. someone, someone sent me a link to um, a girl playing violin eruption. Did you see that yet? It's pretty cool. I think it's not a while ago, unless it's a different one. It, one. I, yeah. How many girls play eruption on, on violin? It's just it's not a thing that oh, happens amazing. every single day. But yeah, it's probably, you know, 
Look, I have an old school audience. It takes us a while to get these things, you know. Did you hear about that thing called the internet? It's amazing. You can, oh, yeah, the interwebs. <laughs> something to do with that. <laughs> We're going to move on to let the people speak because these right. these are questions that I, I say, you had a question for Cher? They didn't know it was going to be for Britt, but a lot of these questions are uh, two-parters. So um, our next cool. question is, Nicholas, this actually would be a base player thing, all base player jokes aside, at Nicholas... Uh, the Santo official says, what character trait do you feel is most important? Now, is that for a being a bass player or being a musician? What do you think is most yeah. important in being in a band? What character trait is mm. it? And that could be for both of you. But Cher, mm. go first. Well, I mean, I, I guess the the main thing that, that I figured out fairly early on, and of course, I would have a story around this, and I don't want to just like talk forever. So I'm going to just That's what the, the story podcast is about. Talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so the basic story then is that um, the importance of playing the song of, of like when I when I was you know I'm a bass virtuoso and I'm this and I'm that blah 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 and you know I I wanted to be you know some sort of a bass god or I just worship Jacob Astorius and all this stuff. So anyway, my what happened was I auditioned. There was many many bands before Vixen. So one of those bands that I auditioned for and I really wanted the gig was. Um, I can't remember the name of the band. Anyway, I walked in. It was a paid gig. Um, it was all-girl band, actually. And um, and I didn't play bass. I just did a bass solo over the whole song. Two songs, in fact. So two really long bass solos, pretty much. <laughs> I just was like, look at how fast I can play and how many notes I can shred and whatever. I don't know. I just did not play the song. And... Um, about a week later, the producer called me up, and he, or manager, manager called me up, and he goes, "Yeah, you didn't get the gig." And I was like, "What? I had to have been I was the so best. Good. I was yeah, so I was just shredding I over. was the best bass player. You know, I'm like 21 years old, just full of my ego, right? And he goes, "You know what, Cher? Yeah, you were really good, but you didn't play the songs." You and so play, that you was didn't my. Do what's best for the song. I didn't, I didn't serve the song. So even though, you know, you can be the bass player who goes, maybe it's best if you just go chunk, 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 and play those eighth notes. That's exactly and, um, right. You play what's yeah. best that for bass the player, song. That bass player. That bass player who got the gig? Yeah. That bass player who got that gig? Carol Kane. No. no. <laughs> Jennifer Condos. <laughs> Not Carol Kay. <laughs> Jennifer Condos. There she is again on the screen, Carol Kay. Um, the girl who got it, the band ended up being produced by Don Henley, and he plucked out the bass player and said, you're mine. And she went to be his touring bass player for the next, what, 35 what years. She was right for the song. I love it. That's amazing what advice. was right for the song. Now, now Britt, I don't want to take too much of your time. Are you cool to hang for a little bit, or do you got brunch and you got a million things to do with your, it's your birthday. Yeah, I'm cool. This is this is dude. If you're cool, if you, whenever you say you need to leave, we will understand. All right, because at one point we'll just, we'll just have. All right. Well, your band members. Wait, she left. Wait, Come on back. She go? I, was, I was joking. That was Hollywood. I, we don't want you to go, Brett. No, totally Hollywood. But uh, let's move. Let's move on to you. What do you feel is one of the best character traits to being in a band? Okay, I'm going to go with something not musical related. Cool. I'm going to go with a sense of humor um, because I just have to say, like, and getting along with people and being cool. Because if you're going to be on the road with people, it's 
awesome if you get along and like the other people or else it's just not that fun of an experience. And one thing I can say about uh, Cher in particular, every photo that I ever see of us on stage together, we are cracking up. Like we're, we're seriously, we look like we're genuinely like having a good time. Hysterical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always so much fun. And, um, and that makes everything better. It's just, yeah. See like that, like that. I think we're having fun. I like, I never know what we're laughing at so hard, but I know what we're laughing at like in every picture. <laughs> and I think that's super important. Camaraderie, but the whole band, like we all like have so much fun. I look so forward to, you know, yeah. together in somebody's hotel room before the gig and drinking wine. And we have like slumber parties. We have our little stuffed animals and our, <laughs> our little, yeah, we just look like that all the time. I love it. I love it. Well, that is, you know what? I, I feel being able to get along with your fellow band member is in showing up on time. How do you guys feel about showing up on time? Oh, that's huge. All right. There you go. I'm always on time. I feel like being late is the most respectful thing. My dad's a Navy guy. And if you're not 10 minutes early, you're way late. Minutes late. Dude, that's, yeah. that's the Alice Cooper rule. I love it. All right. We're, we're moving yeah. on because this, this question will definitely be for both of you as well. Um, it is heart. Is it, it comes from deep 17. And it's, it says, is it harder to be a musician as a woman? Um, Vic, do you have that at all? No, he's looking for it right now. But there you go. Is it harder to be a musician as a woman? Uh, Britt, we will start with you this time. Do you feel, I mean, you don't know any other way. <laughs> you're, you're a woman, so. But do you feel right, that. Right. I haven't changed yet. Yeah. <laughs> until you <laughs> trans. Until you. No, but uh, do you feel. Um, both being in the rock and roll world and it's it's it is male dominated you know there's more there's more guy bands there's more guy guitar players in the world that's just that's just what it is right now it's definitely changing you know i i've played in bands with um orianthe i've played with currently nita strauss um josephine forshman i never played with carol k would you quit bringing that photo up, Vic? <laughs> but i have not yet played with her i would like to get her on the podcast and uh, maybe play a few songs before um well then jennifer <laughs> then josephine forshman i played she played drums in uh casablanca i don't know if you know josephine amazing drummer as well she played uh drums in sahara hot nights as well but um as far as guitarist basis, do you, have you found it hard to be a musician as a woman? Britt? Um, I think you have to work a little harder to kind of initially prove yourself. People just assume in the beginning that you don't know what you're doing. I mean, I still get people like when I'm setting up, they think I don't know how to plug in my own pedals. It's like, how <laughs> would I not know how to plug in my guitar? They think like, Oh, are you going to need help with that? You need somebody to do that for you. It's like, no, no, <laughs> No, not at all. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think I think that's the main thing. I but, think honestly, um, Brit, it's just guy. It's it's roadies, and and honestly, there's a lot of techs that are female now as well. But I think it's mostly male roadies that just want to get closer to you and your guitar. That's what it is. They just yeah. can I can I help you, please, please? Can I plug this in, please? <laughs> so, I just out say no. I don't need help. And be like, yeah, I have no. What do I? Where does this one go? And just have them all. <laughs> all the time. I gotta start playing that card a little bit more. <laughs> Perfect. Cher, how do you feel about it? Uh, well, I definitely think that, you know, um, you mean the, 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 I mean, we'll get into this, I guess, in part two as well. Like the reason I ended up in Vixen was partly because like nobody would 
even take my phone call in 1986 when I was calling up bands to join their band. Like, hey, I read your, I saw your ad and you're looking for a bass player. And they'd be like, hey, Tommy, there's some chick on the phone. <laughs> and just hang up on me. So I think it was way harder back then to be taken seriously in the rock world. Although, um, you know, I had come from like that whole jazz session thing and it didn't matter at all to them. They were just like, either you can play or you can't, you know. Um, as soon as there was um, entertainment and performance factors involved, then it became a lot more important. Um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily harder. I think maybe there's there's always that moment where you sort of feel like there's people standing on the side of the stage going, okay, let's see if they can really play or da da da, whatever. Well, I think um, you guys prove but, that every single night that you can, yeah. and you have proved that. Yeah, You've I mean, proven that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, only, the only thing that I still see, and, and I hope people can show me examples, is there's typically, um, I'm just going to pick on, I'm, I'm going to name the Alice Cooper band. Okay. How many guys are in the band? How many chicks are in the band? There's one chick. Well, um, two, we have Cheryl. We, we consider Cheryl part of the band, Alice's not, wife. But yeah, I, I get to what you're saying. I get but, to, you know, but she's stage. not playing guitar. She's not playing yeah. a non-traditional instrument. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's, it becomes like almost a thing if there's two chicks in the same band, Wendy and Lisa, you know what I mean? It's like, right. or it's either one chick because it's kind of okay. Or else <laughs> there's Brit and me in a case. We're so goofy. Or, or else it's greater share. Or else it's, <laughs> what was that? It's a refrigerator, not a road oh, Was it a refrigerator? Maybe it was a Didn't wine. Did anyone cooler. ever tell you not to play in refrigerators? That's, a, that's rule number one as a child I learned. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm going off on some weird tangent. It was more of an observation than anything. Well, you know, if um, you if you look at Fleetwood Mac, I mean, and, or the uh, the Wilson sisters, yeah, and that I, was definitely a great one. Yeah, yeah the, but and they but, formed the band. It's yeah, it's, but I, yeah. I mean, more of like like when it comes to like like uh, like session, like the hired guns or whatever. There's usually only going to be one, unless you're the band, like Hart or, or Fleetwood right. Mac. I think I see it. Yeah, okay. That's more of the the normal is what I would well, say. Well, you guys yeah, have yeah, had the token guy in your band over the years. You've had That's the, right. you have exactly. had, I mean, I, I saw Ace Von Johnson, uh, you know, his name in, in the sort of lineup <laughs> list. He was your, he was your token dude. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what That's what right. Do you guys we call? did do a mixing gig with, with all different singers because Janet had had brain surgery. That's right. And so we brought in, you know, Todd from Queensryche. We brought in Tammy from Faster Pussycat mm -hmm. and, um, Danny from um, Danny, yep, from Taiketo. Um, yeah, and then at the very end, everybody jumped on stage to sing backups on Edge, and more. Edge, and it was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, this... so we did have a night where Vixen had many guys. It was fun. Okay. So, <laughs> and, and what do you what do you guys got? Well, that's a great picture, <laughs> Justin Hawkins. Uh, you know. I, I think I, Britt, I, I, I sent you an email saying, do you have any connects with, with Justin to get him on the podcast? But we're trying oh, to get email. There you go. Well, you know what? Now you can put in he's the good awesome. word and you say it's, it's my birthday. We're going to get him or his brother because we, we like both of, you know, we love, we love the darkness over Super here on the trenches and folks uh, just yeah. real quick plug. If you are listening to us on Apple, Spotify or Stitcher or any of your favorite audio platforms, thank you so much for doing that. But we want you here on the Ryan Roxy official YouTube channel. So hit that subscribe button right there. 
right there. I don't know, Vic. Oh, there you go. And uh, come join us here and make sure you subscribe. Thank you guys. We're hanging out with Brit Lightning and uh, it's her birthday right now today. So wish her a happy birthday by following her on Instagram. We will get to everyone's socials in just a second. And uh, sort of our special guest, Cher Ross, um, who's a we're just talking all things Cher Ross today, but it, it ends up we're in our segment of Let the People Speak, and a lot of your questions are for Vixen, and which will lead us to this dovetailing of uh, sh- live shows. It comes from at Claudia Bonnie, and it says, after a super show and seeing the audience's response, what is the feeling at that moment? So, uh, you know, Cher, I'll go with you first. Um, how do you feel after, you know, just putting it a, a great show together? And uh, what is that? What is that feeling? Oh, that's a great question, Claudia. I think it just feels like you're super connected and like you've served, like I feel like I've served my gift. Like I've, I've, I've given fans the way that I want to feel when I go see my favorite bands, um, I hope that I make the fans feel that way. So yeah, it's it's amazing. It's a super, super high. And then, um, yeah, it's an honor. It's definitely an honor. I don't know if that answers that. I hope it does. It just, it feels amazing. And Britt, do you feel the same way or do you have a, a special, you know, feeling that you get when you play in front of a great, a great show? Yeah, I think it's just a feeling of gratitude. Like so grateful that I can do that. I can get up on stage and, and it's like such a transfer of energy between us and people in the audience. And it is a high and it is, um, you know, it, uh, music is so spiritual and it's just like, a, I don't know, I get an overwhelming feeling of gratitude. Like I can do this. I can do this for a living. This is so cool. I'm so lucky. Um, I just feel lucky after every show. And um, so even if you're having a bad day or whatever, it's like put on the best show because like you, you get to do this. This is this is amazing. Well, we were talking. I was talking to Cher earlier. At a very young age, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really have a backup plan, like a lot of people say. You should have a backup plan in case this doesn't work out. This, no, I knew what I wanted to do at a very young age. I think around age eleven. I think Cher, you probably uh, decided right right around the same age, maybe even when you were eight, doing those shows all around uh, Minnesota with your parents and your family, extended family. I mean, you knew at a very young age. Uh, did you as well, Britt, know that at a young age, this is what you wanted to do? Um, I realized it at like 15 years old. Yeah, 15, 16. And then it was just like, okay, I can't figure out anything else that I want to do. Although I did, my parents were like, you need a backup plan. Like, we know you don't want one, but like, you can just go live on the street. But if you're under our roof, you need to have a backup plan. Did you? So so, I ended up. Yeah, what is your backup plan? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to go to Berkeley, you know, and study guitar and just be really into it. But then I ended up studying music business um, at Northeastern. So anyways, they convinced me to go and learn the business side of things. And, you know, you can apply a business degree to any thing really so it was helpful and i'm glad i have it you know especially during covid and stuff like that when we can't play live shows so i mean when you can have global pandemics a backup plan isn't the worst thing it's not the the worst at all yeah i'm I'm sort of learning by the fly putting on a podcast but uh at the same time i think we've always tried to think a little bit out of the box share we're survivors we've been in the trenches you know 
a little bit longer than Britt, I would say. Um, we've we've like, you know, we, we've and, and we've navigated through all these different projects, all these different loves for different types of music. So um, I I applaud the backup plan. I do. Um, I just didn't have one. And, and I moved down to Los Angeles with with that hyper focus of this is going to happen. And um, it, luckily it did, you know, and, and but but I do think it's it you can't just sit around and wish for it. You do got to put something into action every single day if you are serious about it. And um, I guess, do you have any advice share about like what someone should do if this is what they want to do for a living? You know, what is the one thing that you could say, okay, focus or, you know, uh, network or wish, <laughs> just dream. <laughs> <laughs> Dream of a dream of a big that unicorn, photo. the unicorn of rock. <laughs> that photo is definitely from Brit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, the I would say the one thing is, uh, you know, get experience. Like, say yes to as many situations as you can. I think it's so important to be open and just play and play and play. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're just starting out, then then practice, you know, the, the ton. Um, one, one thing I know I was certainly guilty of when I was, um, <laughs> somebody wrote magic with the unicorn thing. When I was super young was, you know, as I sort of told you in that story, I was really cocky, like super cocky. Um, so I had to have that kind of beat out of me a little bit. And, and, and then I opened up to it though. You know, I, I, I was aware of it. So I think the main thing is like playing a lot and being open. Um, so that when you do hear those kind of you know, when you get the feedback, you can hear it. And I think the difference is knowing what feedback is valid and what feedback is just crappy and maybe jealous or whatever. You know, you have to always kind of balance that out for for yourself and trust your gut on that. But I think the main thing is just, just playing. Just play as much as you can. Experience. You can't teach experience. That's very cool. That's very good. Well, one last question from Let the People Speak, and then we will sort of close things out and make sure that everyone has your socials. And because... I, Folks, like I said, this is going to be a two-parter in the trenches because the minute I started doing the research on it, I said, you know what? There's so much to talk about. I I would love to sit here and talk about um, the songs that you love to play every single night. Living on the Edge of a Broken Heart uh, is, again, one of those tunes that's iconic. And like, I'm glad that you say you love playing it every single night, Britt, because, you know, I'm the same way. It's like, what songs do I like to play with Alice? School's out. I like to play the hits because I see people like living their dream during that song or they're living a memory of or something there this something is happening to them while that song goes on and i'm sure it's the same with uh you know edge of a broken heart and we'll talk about all that stuff in part two of course but our last question of let the people speak comes from at 80s metal kid greece because this has to do about touring in 2021 and when this will all happen any plans for vixen to tour greece and advice on joining the band. We have given advice on joining the band just now, but what about touring in 2021? What are the plans for Vixen? Cher, you can go first. Um, well, you know what? It's interesting. I, I don't know if Vixen's ever been to Greece, so that's definitely on the bucket list. We definitely need to make that happen. You definitely um, do, because if you think you had a good time together on stage across you know, the States and Europe... Greece is its own little Europe right there. And it's it in the yeah. talk about passionate fans. Yeah. You're going to close out a lot of hotel bars. I'll tell you that much. 
<laughs> so, so to answer your question, we don't have a definite thing booked, but, um, but, uh, yeah. Is we'll there anything booked in 2021 for Vixen right now? Is there anything on paper? There, there is, but I just got a text. <laughs> okay. Um, that something's changing. So, uh, there, there is some stuff booked, but I don't know how much of it is solid right now because of the old COVID thing. So do you, yeah. do you have more information on that, Britt? Because you kind of... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen. I think, I think yeah. anything, probably smaller shows will start to happen more quickly than the bigger shows with more people, you know, because I think venues are going to have to be operating at a percentage of the normal capacity. Um so I don't know. I know that we got, we had a show in April move to August. So maybe by the, I, you know, I hope that happens. I hope uh, we have Monsters of Rock uh, and you guys are on it too. It's, um, it's on, on paper. It's, but it's, it's but, on paper. Yeah. On paper. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just say that's still on paper right now. We don't really know. Nobody knows. It's on paper. So it's kind of, it's I mean, kind of like my yeah. favorite, it's like kind of like my football team every single year, the, whether it's the Oakland Raiders, the Los Angeles Raiders, and now the Las Vegas Raiders, we always look good on paper. But then, you know, when the season happens, boom, it's like, it's a whole nother story. And I'm not sure how big of sports fans you guys are. Britt, are you an NFL fan at all? Sure am, and I just want to say to the on paper thing: if you're a Brady fan, it's never on paper; it's just a done deal. Wow. <laughs> so I guess we know who you're going to root for. Yeah, yeah, that's. Funny. But even though I'm following, so even though Patriots are my team, I'm I'm rooting for the Buccaneers, and uh, Brady will win the Super Bowl yet again. For me, it's a Devils <laughs> Super Bowl. It's a Devil because because for me, it's like Brady broke my heart with the Raiders with the tuck rule way, way back when, um, when Britain or when, uh, Cher and I were just in, you know, probably our 60th band together or, you know, in Los Angeles, but, uh, you know, back with the tuck rule, that's when we started Tom Brady's career and his legacy. And basically the new England Patriots legacy, you can thank the Oakland Raiders for that. And then, uh, then Kansas city chiefs are in our division. And so I can never root for them. So who do you, it's, it's like the, you know, what do you want? You know, death by, you know, waterboarding or, or being lit on fire. So, you know, I'm not sure, uh, share, I'm not sure if football is your thing, but is it, if it is, who are you rooting for, for next, uh, Sunday in the Super Bowl? Wow. March 28th, the first Formula One. I root for Ferrari wow. always. Okay. Is it, what's, what's I don't watch any sports except Formula One. Formula One is an amazing sport. I, I, uh, Bianca, my wife, and I, we, we discovered it through the Netflix show. Uh, was it Drive two, to Survive? Drive to Survive. Dude. Yes. What an incredible sport it is. You don't realize that how small it is insane. as well. So you, you yeah, follow Formula very One. Small. Is Bam a big, uh, your husband, Bam, is he a big uh, Formula One guy as well? He, he is. Um, he, he, and, um, because he's English, so he kind of was raised with, the, I mean, you know, being an American and especially in Minnesota, I was like, what? I've never even heard of this thing. But yeah, so he just told me to start F1, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, uh, we have, I have all the apps possible. And um, we stream, uh, well, we have, there's a thing we have, because, you know, we don't have cable or whatever. So I have a way that I can watch um, MotoGP. Nope, not so much. Just just Formula <laughs> One. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm a big uh, Charles Leclerc fan, as Britt will attest. Oh, yeah, but, me too. Um, Even though I don't know what he does, never seen him drive. <laughs> he looks good. I'm a fan. <laughs> She's like, yeah, he's cute. Have you um, ever had any F1 fans or F1 drivers come to any of your Vixen shows? Has, has no. there any? No, not no. yet. 
Okay. And right now, come to our show. <laughs> but, but Rev It Up should be the theme song for Formula One. It is, it's like Hello? you hear that song and you hear the lyrics. It is literally written for Formula One. I swear to God, it is the most perfect song for that sport ever. Yes. And Hamilton, oh my God. I'm a huge Hamilton fan, um, Ricardo fan. Hamilton is now knighted. He's beat Schumacher's record. I opened um, Pandora's box. Oh my God. <laughs> You did. You've got to just shut me up now. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Yeah. So that's my. I'm a little bit of a fanatic. I just wanted to talk a little sports because what is that? The red chair. The red. A Ferrari Ferrari. red. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm all about it. Uh, Is this Oakland Raider? Oakland Raider visiting white. I think. (laughs) (laughs) You're reaching. You're stretching there, dude. You're stretching. I'm dressed in blue for Patriots. Oh my God. Oh my God. All right. I, was, oh God, nice. I took a left turn just as talking a little bit of uh, sports. I, I'll do yeah, a thing on, I, I am going to do another episode um, coming up on Friday. I think on Instagram, I'll just do a whole episode of ball talk. Um, those people that follow us on the, um, in the trenches podcast, I'll be talking football on Friday and get everybody's sort of uh, predictions. But obviously uh, Brit is rooting for the uh, not the Patriots, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And, um, you know, share will be driving around in a Ferrari somewhere. I love it. <laughs> in so, my mind. <laughs> well, that folks is the end of let the uh, people speak. But like I said, um, oh man, this is a good question too. I, I, are you guys cool for time? Are you cool or should I wrap yeah. it up? Are you, she's like, you know, Brit, I know it's your birthday again. One last question, because this is an important one to ask. I ask all the musicians that come on the show, ask every guest that comes on the show, because it's a, a cool little segment called The One That Got Away. And basically, The One That Got Away, um, inspired by our friend Stanley Gable, uh, we're asking you about a piece of gear that you still wish you had, but uh, you either lost it, or you had to sell it, or it was stolen, or somebody ate it. I'm not sure, but is there a piece of gear, an instrument, anything that you wish you had and it was the one that got away? Cher, you go first. Mm, It's kind of a tie between two pieces of gear. One I sold and it was an original Roland Space Tape Echo. Man, I wish I had that thing. (laughs) Um, It made a cool sound. yeah. They did. They were so simple. They did one thing and they just worked great. You could probably get the same exact the, the sound from a plug-in, but 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 it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Same and, thing. and what was the other? The other one, the other one was a, um, a a a high watt guitar head that was stolen from a garage lockup and um we were actually looking at something today and and Bam showed me a picture and I was like is that what I think it is? He goes, "Yeah, that's he goes, that amp today would be worth $5,000. And I was like, and, but the bottom line was it sounded incredible. Yeah, you, and, and you wouldn't just, sell it. Yeah, it would just be still. No, I was never going to sell that. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. But yeah, so those are the two that come to mind. <laughs> no, that's more than one. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Britt, do you have one that got away? Um, you know, not one that I ever owned, but I wanted this. I used to live near the um, guitar center and. Uh, in Hollywood, and there was this 74 custom white Gibson SG that I would just go in and drool over all the time, the vintage uh, 
what's that section? The vintage section back there. And it was just perfect. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to save up and I'm just going to get this. I just have to have it. It is perfect. And then, um, I, you know, I would go in like weekly, weekly. And then, and then the one time I was feeling really serious about it, it was gone. I walked in and it was not Always there. The and I was like, where to go? Did you put it on hold for me? And they were like, no. I'm like, I know it's behind the counter. You're holding it for me. And it's just Tracy you know, it was Gunn just, bought it. it. Tracy, Tracy Gunn traded it. That's what happened. You know it. Damn you, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. Oh my God. All right. Well, folks, that was the one that got away. Now we are heading out to the highway. Vic, do you have that animation for the heading out to the highway? You want to run it? Oh, he's shaking his head no. He's got pictures of Carol Kay for days, but dang it. It's all right. Next week, folks, we will have it. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of next week, uh, <laughs> our next in the trenches, and you guys probably know him, uh, coming up next week, folks, we will have our special guest will be a Teddy Zigzag Andreatis. And I'm sure you guys have all jammed with him before at one point or another. He has played with Carol Kane. Yeah. How about that? So not Carol Kay, but he's probably played with Carol Kay as well. So uh, that'll be next week on In the Trenches. We are heading out to the highway now. And this is where you get to uh, sort of pimp your uh, ride, pimp your socials. And uh, we'll go with you first, Cher, because there's uh, a lot of people listening to us on audio. Um, we're going to put up the socials and you can, if you can, just uh, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, what's the best way. And uh, there you go. It's all yours. The stage sure. is yours, Cher. All right. All right. So on Instagram, I'm Cher Ross Rocks. That's my main sort of Instagram one. There's also Vixen underscore band. And then uh, hubby and partner in crime for all things Twin Flames Radio and Bamtastic Silver is at Bamtastic13. Those are all on IG, Instagram. And then, of course, the Vixen website is vixenofficial.com. Love it. There you go. That's for sure. And for Britt, I'm not sure if Vic was able to make up anything like that. He's shaking his head no, but you know what, Britt? It's better if you just tell us, well, how can we get in touch with you on your socials? Sure. It is at Britt Lightning. Britt with two T's and lightning spelt like lightning, not like lighting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> everybody does that. It's like lighting. No, it's different. Lightning. But uh, that and Vixen Official. Yeah. Vixen underscore band. And if you don't put in vixenofficial.com, you will go to a hardcore porn site. So make sure you get Woo! that in there. I made that mistake. <laughs> I made that mistake earlier this week by tagging you guys in, in the first, in, in one of the first stories that I tagged you on Federica, uh, who does a lot of, who does our social media coordination for the show. She immediately texted me and said, you might want to change that link that's on there uh, because it goes straight to, I think, what did she say? Adults only. Adults only. So I was like, well, yeah, we, we yeah. have adults on the show and we're all adults here. No, it was not. So there you go. <laughs> So everybody follow Brit and follow Cher on their socials now. Um, God damn. Like I said, we're going to have you guys back on. Maybe next time we'll reverse the roles. We'll just, you know, we'll have Brit on and then uh, Cher can make a a surprise guest, uh, a surprise sort of appearance. Or I'll have everyone in Vixen on because guess what? I've had, I've for years and years, I've always wanted to have a conversation with the other Roxy. 
right? Oh my Roxy, God. Roxy, like when, when, when I was, I was like, I'm Roxy. No, 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 she's Roxy. She's the one with the big hit on MTV. It's like, no, well, I'm R-O-X-I-E. She's like, she's R-O-X-Y. I used to, I started out as R-O-X-Y. I did. But uh, wow. how is how is the rest of the band doing? How is Roxy? How is Lorraine? Good. How is the rest? Good. Everyone's doing good? Okay, cool. Well, yeah, super good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's, thank God, well and healthy. Whew. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for being on In the Trenches today. Britt, you've taken time out of your uh, birthday. It's been Yay! great. Have an amazing so day. Thank you for having me on. as a surprise. It's great to see you both here. Fun way to start off the day. So thank you. We'll do it again to, uh, for, for part two, Cher, uh, when I have you back on. And we'll talk more down and outs. We'll talk uh, more, you know. Just rock and roll, and we'll see how the rest of the year is going. Like I said, um, hopefully cool. 2021, we will be able to cross paths, whether it was with Vixen, Down and Outs, Alice Cooper, uh, solo stuff that we're all doing. And um, yeah, folks, uh, you've been listening to Brit Lightning, Cher Ross. Uh, I've been your host, Ryan Roxy. Again, thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, you guys hang on for just one second as we close it out because folks uh, in the trenches, uh, we will be back next week with Teddy Andriotis, uh, Vic Chalfant. Thank you very much as well as the rest of the Roxy Guitar Army uh, out there. And we really appreciate everything you do a week in and week out and go support it. And until the next week, enjoy the ride. See you guys. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello. Moby, give him his guitars back. Yay. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Awesome. (laughs) That was a whirlwind. That totally got me. That was really funny. (laughs) Cool. I'm glad. Well, I I saw. I was like, I got a message, Britt, and I have to call her. And how are we going to bring this up? And so so cool. I think it worked out great. I mean, we were able to cover cover most things. And again, it leaves it leaves so much room to do a part two where we can, you know, because because there is a lot of classic rock for us to talk about. And the more I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to more. You know, did Bubble put out a whole record? Did you guys put out a few three records? Okay. That, three, but that three first albums. The, the first album is that pink one. The, the, that was then, the song um, that I found on when I went down doing my research because I, I couldn't find yeah. a lot of when I put Bubble Band into YouTube. Um, you don't don't search. You bubble get a lot band. of weird stuff. Yeah, we we're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> again. Um, just showing off now also, at this point. You are showing off. We. Um, <laughs> We were just, you know what, Ryan, Roxy. I always want to call you Ryan because I do have Ryan. Roxy. No, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, so um, we always, uh, I always felt like we were really shitty at marketing, so we <laughs> really never got it out there very well. Um, but yeah, we have a lot. We had three albums, three EPs, toured the UK like four times, went to Japan four or five times, Shit. up and down the West Tons Coast. Tons of work, man. Yeah. Tons of work. Tons. Of, yeah, we did a lot, and then um, got a lot of songs placed here and there. Um, cool there's as fuck, a, man. Cool, cool, yeah, there, really cool band. I didn't know you had Alex yeah. Kane on because here's the thing. Yeah. I I got into this weird Alex Kane LSD uh, sort of rabbit hole doing research. And do you, now, Britt, do you yeah. remember this band called Life, Sex, and Death LSD? Because it was it's it's I I don't, but I know Alex, I, and then I played it for you. Okay. And then, yeah, and then I heard some yeah. awesome stories as well. Yeah. But I watched no, it with. Yeah. 
like in the it had Stanley. Uh, had this had this Stanley. really eccentric yeah, singer, homeless. Did you, did you see them or or no? Because they were in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember them yeah, back yeah. in the day. But the thing is, you have to understand if there was if there never was a LSD, if there never was life, sex, and death, there would have never been a Stone Temple Pilots because the, the singer. The lead singer, all those, all that moving shit, yeah. that was Stanley. He was like yeah. this guy from Chicago, like this heavy metal singer from Chicago. That, but then he put on this whole persona, and you know. So I reached, I eventually reached out to Alex Kane this last week, and he agreed to come on the show. And then it turns out that you guys oh, have cool. a connection, and so I end up listening oh, to this so song called "Life's uh, White Punks on Dope," which is a which is a, is a tube song. Well, guess what? White yeah. Punks on Dope, you just did it on the last Down and Outs record, down and out. which we'll talk yeah. about on the next step, you know, Into Trenches. And Fee Wable co-wrote Living on the Edge of a Broken Heart, who's the lead singer yeah. of the Tubes. See how it's, it's like, yeah. it's like Illuminati shit, man. It's so weird. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's super weird. It's super weird. And Alex, um, I have to say, like, Alex shows up. I can't even count how many bands I've been in with Alex. Okay, I, I was che- I, I went many. so far down the road that I, I was listening to anti-product videos. Yeah, yeah, that that was after. So, so Alex was our first bass player in Bubble because I was playing guitar and we had had this other band. So, so first we had Sub Cool with Colin, and then Colin fucked off back to England. So we got Alex, and this was when Alex was in the period of we got together, and he goes, "Yeah, I can play guitar without it being plugged in." And he would unplug the guitar and just play the chord. He was in his anti-music phase. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what I will and do? So, Maybe when Alex comes on the show. I want to surprise him. You can surprise him. Yeah. That'll yeah. be cool. That'll, that'll freak the shit out of him. Right. Yeah. And yeah, because then we, um, so he ended up, he played my 65 Precision and his belt buckle ruined it. And, but or I did it relic it. It's a difference between ruining and relic. It big time relicked it. So he was a bass player in Bubble, and then we got a bass player, and he became the guitar player. And then Ginger from the Wild Hearts, who Bam had been in the band with, yeah. flew to LA, stayed on our couch, and said, "I need to work on my first solo album. Can you guys help me? And do you know a guitar player?" So that, now it's me on we'll... bass, Bam on drums, Ginger and Alex in the room. So then that all happens, and then he takes those tapes back, flies back to England. Now with Alex, they form Clam Abuse. Wow. He takes Cl- all the tracks Clam that Bam and me just did, and has other. <laughs> That's a loaded name it. right there. <laughs> wow. Totally, it is. And then uh, something so, so British about it. It's very British. Something very British. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he formed Anti Product with Claire, and then he came back and he lived. Do you remember Rick Browdy, right? Of course, the producer. Yes. Produced yeah, so, poison. So band uh, lived with Rick Browdy, Ted Nugent, John, Dogs to Moore. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rick Gilby paid Clark. For our Kill for Thrills. He Gilby produced. Clark. Yeah, yeah. He yep. produced Kill for Thrills. I, I, I yeah. know Rick from a long time. So you know what we'll do? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. next time it'll be it'll be Cher Ross, <laughs> the UK edition. <laughs> 